So maybe we can start. Uh, I'm supposed to, I mean, I was told that each speaker has to introduce himself, but I think all of us, we know each other or, uh, okay, okay. So basically my name is Alok and uh, my background is, uh, I'm a doctor who has specialized in psychiatry and uh, I worked in the Indian Air Force for 21 years then took premature retirement and uh, last uh, another nearly 18 years I am in, in this Yorubindu Ashram, Pondicherry. I am part of the Ashram uh, as well as society and also in the larger mother's family all over the world. Uh, I have authored few books and uh, I travel all over singing the name of Mother in Yorubindu and um, what else, I don't know. <laughs> um, And I feel that we are all connected in a common aspiration. And the aspiration is that uh, this world should become a beautiful place. I think that's the least that we can hope for and perhaps that the most we can hope for because it's a long journey. That's why we all are here all over the world. Our means may be different, our understanding is different, uh, but we all want uh, this world to be a better place, isn't it? If we are very satisfied with things as they are, then there is nothing else to do, nothing more to do. So this is the brief background and with this we can probably start uh, a journey on harmony. So what do we hear when we hear about truth from people? Most of the time, how is truth defined when you hear about truth? What do people say? Truth is bitter, that's right. Truth is bitter. Truth is harsh. Truth is bare. Isn't it? How did the Vedic Rishis define truth? Raso Vaisaha. It is Ananda. Anandam Brahmeti. The mother defines truth, not defines, but she mentions in one of her messages, truth is supreme harmony and supreme delight. So there is a big gap between our perception of truth and the reality. And the reason is we see truth as something which is isolated like the top summit of a mountain or like a sun shining out there in the sky. But the mountain summits are connected with the deepest parts of earth and the sun though shining in its lone splendor in the sky embraces not only earth but all the planets all around it. So, first thing that we must understand is harmony is not something um, simple like, you know, quarrel between two human beings. Of course, it's, it's about that or communal harmony or this harmony. Harmony in its widest sense. In fact, mother goes on to say harmony and beauty are two greatest, two most important aspects of the new creation. And then she adds perhaps the greatest and most important. And she says, I love whatever creates harmony, whatever is harmonious. She loves it. So this is the, she is carrying creation towards harmony. So this is the background of what harmony is. So where does the journey of, uh, journey of harmony start with? Any wild guesses? How do we start? How does it start in nature? Sri speaks of harmony as the 
the fundamental problem of existence is the problem of harmony. And then he says something very interesting. How does harmony start with? By its just the very opposite. He says all problems start with the perception of a discord. It starts like that. And the instinct of a secret harmony and unity in things. There is always within something like a secret sense of unity. Look at a plant. Each leaf is different. In the same plant, same tree, no two leaves are the same like our fingerprints. And yet the whole plant, the whole tree has a sense of oneness within. And that's why all the leaves get whatever is needed at whatever time. It's so perfectly arranged. So there is an instinct of harmony and unity within us and that is why we cannot live forever in discord. And yet, if we are not aware of a discord, we have not taken the first step towards harmony. What does it mean? It means that, you see, because of this fundamental perception of harmony, people try to somehow harmonize. And you know how do we harmonize? One is we shut the eyes to whatever is discordant. Calmest way, denial. Is there a problem? There is no problem. You know the danger of such an attitude is that I will never really solve an issue because I have shut my eyes to it. And people do it in many many ways including sometimes they will pass it on to the divine. Everything is mother's will. Wonderful. All the mothers and all the um, you know, whatever things are happening is mother's will. Whatever is happening on earth is mother's will. God's will, isn't it? So we are living in a state of denial. Now there is a very profound truth in it. But a truth which can easily be misapplied when we do it in our ignorance. There is a profound truth in this saying. But not the way we understand. So first step of harmony is to become aware that there is a discord. If we are not aware, we cannot. See, when... Auroville started. I mean, I'm sure everybody has read something about Auroville, been um, for a long time, some connection is there, isn't it, Auroville? So what is Auroville about? In one word, if one has to say, it's a experiment towards, divine experiment towards harmony, human unity. How did Auroville start? Anyone remembers the history? Anyone knows the history? How did Auroville start? Mother said, yes. And there was harmony, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> she said means it will be like this one day. But how did it start? People came from all over the world. So what did they do? Sat together on a table, chatted, had nice tea, samosas and said, now we'll have live harmoniously. No, it was just the very opposite. Read the history of Auroville. What, what started happening? Brickbats, accusations, court cases... Aware, I am sure some of us are aware of it, isn't it? Why did, does it start like that? Well, all creation starts like that. Imagine the first moment of creation with the Big Bang. Multiple particles flying randomly. Some are colliding, some are separating. A state of utter chaos. And then slowly, slowly, slowly things get crystallized and harmony comes in. So wonderful. So it starts with the sense of a discord, Sharbindo gives this sutra in the life divine and the instinct of harmony which is there in, spontaneous instinct of harmony which is there in everyone. It's there because 
it's the very fundamental law of life and then he says it can only be denied this instinct of harmony by the practical man and how does he do it by either shutting off the fact that there is a discord or by a rough practical arrangement what is practical arrangement okay okay let's have a workable harmony everything is fine rosy so what do people do when they have a practical so called arrangement of harmony they are very pleasant in front and what happens when they go behind they criticizing gossiping saying oh this person is so bad this is so horrible because they have this anger this discord seething inside but they have an outlet which is elsewhere but in front of the boss they say boss is always right so as a result we have a workable so called harmony but that's not harmony it's only a facade of harmony and this is the age of truth so in the age of truth all facades are going to fall down so we become the discords we have held behind for centuries are suddenly coming to the surface is it happening or not it's happening at every level and the reason is because we were shutting our eyes or having a simple simply a practical adjustment so it starts from there we become aware that there is a discord now shutting means i take the stance of a separative ego i am alone in my life so i don't have to worry about harmony except maybe few things in my room i must arrange them well then reduce even those things so let me live like a bare ascetic now that's not the way of harmony harmony by its nature is totality because truth by its nature is totality we cannot exclude things and say that well we are harmonizing it is not possible we must include everything and now arrive at harmony which is a far more difficult thing and it has its own dangers but this is the path that mankind will eventually follow because this is the path charted out by the divine will so how do we do that we need to grow vast that's the first step if we are not vast there can be no harmony let's take an example of a house typical house i don't know i mean indian household it happens like that we can see the solutions ancient times older times there was joint family so everybody was living together then slowly now the thing is about nuclear family not even three generation why because it's too much too much of a problem grandmother has one view point mother has one view point father has another view point so how did people try to harmonize there was a head and head of the family and whatever he said everybody had to listen is this the right way of harmony it's not harmony certainly not it's standardizing things so harmony is not about everybody does the same thing everybody wears the same color everybody thinks the same way everybody behaves the same way it is not harmony but uniformity it's not unity but uniformity it's not harmony but standardization and this is what we do very often to avoid disharmony so now everybody has their view point now you see today people often say that you know families are fighting with each other well because everybody has their view point okay now how do you really create harmony that head is gone nobody listens to the head head has become a headless fellow so if the father says that look i am saying so what does the child say 
Oh, dad, you are outdated. You may be saying this, but I think like this. Isn't it happening in every house? Is it good or bad? Dads will say it is bad. Children will say it's good. Wives are asserting their freedom. And why not? Because now we have to build it through harmony. That was a semblance of harmony. As I said, it's a mask, facade. Now we don't want carbon copies or clones. We want everybody should be free to express their inner truth at the same time. We should work together. This is a very big challenge. So how can we do it? First thing is vastness. So now all the dads and moms in the world are beginning to understand the days of their authority is over. I hope dads are listening and mothers are listening. If you don't understand it, please understand that life will be painful if we don't understand it. All the heads, bosses, kings, they are also beginning to understand that the age of authority by the sitting on a chair is gone. The mother says that the ego's authority is gone. If you say that's why it is because I am saying so, no. So what do people try to find a way? They try to find a way by rational discussion. So this is the second way. They try to grow vast and try to rationally discuss a thing. But reason as we know is a very tricky thing. Reason is like the lawyer. He can, you pay money to the lawyer, he is fighting from this side. You pay more money, he will fight from the other side. Equally convincing. Isn't it? Law is like that. It can equally convince the judge because the same data, the same facts can be taken this way or that way. So, we cannot, reason cannot lead us really to harmony, but it can lead us to a workable state. At least better than, I am always right. So, at least there should be a, uh, we are going through that stage when society is more and more wanting to discuss things, debate things. But as we know, that's not going to really lead to a proper harmony. It, it may even lead to some kind of confusion at the best we will reach a point where we say that each one is, uh, what is that called? Let's differ in our, let's agree to disagree. That is the ultimate that reason can take us. Like it can take to an agnosticism. But that's not harmony, but that's uh, things like tolerance, things like uh, another thing which, which is growing now, which is important for harmony is benevolence. You know, these are things which help us in harmony, benevolence. When we are vast, one of the sciences, we are benevolent. What is benevolence? I understand that, you know, people can make mistakes. People have their difficulties, their challenges, their defects. Who is benevolence? The benevolent somebody who has worked on himself. One who has seen that I am also a person with a bundle of defects. Who is not benevolent? Somebody who has made an image of oneself as I am Mr. Good. This is the image most of us live by. I am Mr. Good. And whoever contradicts me is Mr. Bad. Now you don't need much. The child in the family or your wife will tell you that you are not Mr. Good. You are just another average ordinary human being <laughs> who believes he is Mr. Good. So this is because it's the age of truth. So that doesn't work, you know, having an image and trying to live by that. So what is the next step? How do we find in that vast, so in the Vedas, there is a very beautiful uh, method to create harmony and um, it's the difficult way, but we have to understand it. And that is by not just vastness, vastness is one aspect, very important, without which there can be no harmony. 
but also rith, rithchit, the right law of truth. Must have heard about uh, Jagnwalk famous Satya Dharmaye Drishtai. What is the light, right law of truth? Everything has its own way of unfolding in the great evolutionary march. Let's take an example. Recently, there was a discussion with uh, some people and about some event, you know, when somebody does something and he's put in jail. Now there are different viewpoints. One viewpoint is, well, he did something illegal, therefore he must be in jail. Isn't it? This is standard viewpoint. Second is, it's not about law, but about something which is ethical. You understand the difference between legal and ethical. Legal is somebody else has made a rule and you must follow it. Ethical is, within me I feel that this is not the right thing to do. Ethical. It's our own standard of conduct. Then somebody else says, well, if you do something which is wrong, you should be behind the bars. Isn't it? This one third viewpoint. Fourth is, well, regardless of what you do, there should be compassion. Instead of just being behind the bars to punish, the prison should become a reformatory. Instead of taking it as a punishment, it should be a place where people reform. They should be reformed. Their nature must be worked upon. And there is still greater viewpoint, which is that there should be a wisdom that understands that in every which way, there is a truth which is unfolding in everyone's life. Now, which is right, which is wrong? How will we decide whether compassion is better or justice is better? Any thoughts on this? Which is better? Mercy and kindness or justice? Which is better? Both can contradict each other, isn't it? Now the beauty is in life, that's what is called Ritchit, I am coming to that, the true law of things. It's not that this is right or that is wrong. Depending on our level of evolution, a thing turns out to be right. When our level of evolution changes, the same thing turns out to be wrong. So there is no absolute right or wrong, but that doesn't mean there is no workable right and wrong. For each one, depending upon his stage of evolution, there has to be an unfolding of the law. So there is a humanity which is at a level where the only right and wrong they understand is law. Legal. And they should be taught that there is legal right and wrong because they are not ready even for an ethical understanding. Okay, so that's one level. But for somebody else, they say, no, I don't believe in law, but ethically I believe. That doesn't mean that if you break the law, you won't be punished. You may be punished. But I am talking of that, uh, the true, the truth law, the true law of things. Then for somebody else, it may be right or wrong. Now these, all these people, reward and punishment. For somebody else, it is compassion. For somebody else, it is wisdom and oneness. The thing is that for each one, what is important is to live by the truth in its unfolding within that person. Now that is the important part. That's why we see in the Gita, what does Sri Krishna tell us? Swabhava, swadharma, niyata, karma. Otherwise, there will be confusion. Arjuna wanted to take sannyas and Sri Krishna stopped him. Supposing there was somebody with the consciousness of Buddha in that battlefield and he asked Sri Krishna, What is this war? What is this suffering? All my life I have fought wars. 
Oh Krishna, I can fight another, doesn't matter. But I am wondering, I am questioning life, I am questioning the basis of creation, I am questioning this bloodshed, this meaningless violence. What would Krishna have advised? Would he have advised, no Buddha, you are a king, take the bow and shoot the arrow? Or he would have said, yes, Buddha, Gautama, Sakyamuni, these are the fundamental questions. Go and meditate upon them. There will be some instrument which will fight the war because it's needed. Shobindu speaks of this, by the way, in S is on the Gita. What would Sri Krishna would have advised to Sri Ramakrishna? Go back, teach Sanskrit or vernacular in school. Complete your studies, do your graduation, look after your parents. Would, what do we feel instinctively? Would that have been the advice of Sri Krishna to Sri Ramakrishna? Yes? Any, any answers? So you see, understanding the Gita, Gita is given to a man and look at his questions. He doesn't want to fight. Why? Because he is attached to family. He has fought all the wars. Today he says, oh my family members. So therefore you must fight, but fight based on dharma. Because that's your instinct, your nature. Now what happens in nature, as we see outside, there is spontaneous harmony because everybody acts according to their nature. So a tiger kills a deer. Do we say it is illegal, immoral? We don't say that. There is even a beauty if you watch it, the deer running here, there and the tiger trying and then running and then leap, missing or finding. It's a different, it's beauty. Harmony is always one with beauty. Even when you see a cobra raised hood and you know, going around, there is something very different about that whole movement. But if human beings do that, chasing a man and killing him like a tiger, it will be not beautiful, it will be ugly. Why is it so? Because human beings have to discover this is not the human law of things. So first thing necessary for harmony is to discover the law of truth within. For each one it is different. It's not that there is a universal thing. For each one there is a different law of truth. Swadharma, that's why and we do, I'm not getting into it because that's a subject in its own right. And based on that I act. What if others are unhappy because of it? Still I must follow my Swadharma. If I don't do it, I will be the cause of disharmony in the world. You see, there are people who want to make others happy. I think this is the silliest thing one can ever try in this world. Stupidest thing, isn't it? Try it sometimes, making others happy. Do you think that one can ever make anybody happy? Never. So, you live by your truth. You should not try to deliberately harm someone or hurt someone because that's not the human law of things. We are not predators. We are humans. So human beings are meant to consciously evolve. And if we live like a beast and an animal, we don't evolve. That's the thing. We have to discriminate. That's what is given to us. A discriminating intelligence. We have to make conscious choices. This is the law of humanity. We must choose and go through the consequences. Now when we start living by our truth, the strange part is harmony begins to develop in everything that is around. In nature, there is an instinct of the law of truth for each animal. But 
for human beings we have lost why because the mind one is because of the need for individualization and the mind creates the sense of individuality so mind cuts us off from the totality of things in nature there is an instinct for you know when an animal gets injured what does it do it nobody teaches go to this plant you know consult this veterinary doctor no it knows how to heal itself but we have lost it so we have to once again regain it through another means another mechanism and the first thing for that is to discover our own law of truth where do we find it we find it in the depths of our own being so the first step to really creating harmony is to come out of all these identities which are separating us dividing us creating confusion conflict all the roles i am somebody's son somebody's father somebody's husband somebody's wife somebody's sister these are all social conventions needed at a certain stage they don't hold a truth at another stage of evolution so who am i then this is the great discovery well the mother speaks of discovering the psychic principle within us that is the first important thing and then that will tell us what is it that i am meant to do and we should do it without fuss without vain modesty and we don't need to fight with people for it there is a example of the river as it flows it doesn't fight with the rocks it just flows finds its way and slowly it reaches where it has to reach when it reaches the rock finds its place in the river but what do we do we start fighting my viewpoint versus your viewpoint first thing is this psychic which is most important really speaking without that we cannot understand beauty we cannot understand harmony one of the things that psychic does it also spontaneously it is the one part in us through which we can enter into the universal now we are all sitting here all of us have come from different places i am sure isn't it what is our identity here when we sit here we are either seekers we are either devotees we are either some of us as child of the mother what happens when we go back to our home place i am a tamilian i am a north indian i am a punjabi i am a surname isn't it this happens this false identities come and they come in the way i belong to this family prized family so i forget myself and the result is more and more struggle but when we are here do we not feel it is one family spontaneously nobody we don't know each other's name it's not necessary we feel it's one family we can smile when i entered some of us smiled at each other how it's not about knowing externally it's because the seed of harmony which is here in that we meet so there is a ground of harmony within us we must understand the mind cannot create harmony the heart can harmony beauty delight the key to all three is love if you are unhappy know it for sure that there is lack of love not love from somebody but love within my heart if there is lack of harmony there is lack of love this is the key and where is the storehouse of love it is right here in the psychic it expresses love it's it is the uh, it connected to the universal current of love how to know human beings are close to their soul 
they will have love they will carry joy they will have instinct for harmony spontaneously because there is love in the heart it doesn't matter what form it takes and hundred forms there's a different thing ideal is of course to let this source be connected with the very fount of love then it's wonderful because then you have a universal love that's why it is said that one who has love in the heart what does the gita speak about such a person he has maitri and karuna love and compassion friendly he is friendly with everybody not the extroverted type of friendly person but he is friendly if he is everybody is a friend that's it this is the relation of the future by the way that children will connect children of the future will not connect with each other as dad mom that age of mind with its structure is gone husband wife fixed roles gone this country that country is gone how will they connect friends but instead of facebook friends they will be soulful friends but this is one of the means that people are cutting across boundaries isn't it isn't that the best relationship try ever doing it in life half problems will be solved but the moment how does the mind try it artificially now from today you are somebody's wife so that comes with a big baggage so there is a privilege and a baggage so if you are a wife you are, you can have my uh, you you also can have a uh, another debit card to my account and it strains some people are very happy and satisfied with it but what they have bartered is something else so that you will have but in the bargain you have to listen to whatever i say i am the leader the head of the house but when friends meet it's not important they don't do they say they clone my debit card no when they go to a hotel or a restaurant they decide okay today you pay it's okay tomorrow i'll pay it's something there is no calculation there is no bargain there is no expectation there is no commitment and yet there is a deep bond ever met your old time friends and see the spontaneous happiness whereas every time you are seeing the same people in your family and you are wondering when will i get free when will i get free strange no it's a paradoxical truth because friendship is of that nature where the ego is at its least whereas in all other relation ego comes so if psychic is the one which generates harmony ego is the one which spoils harmony so this is one way to go deep within to discover the psychic it's a whole yoga and again we are not touching on that another way is to widen the mind widen the understanding to a point where everything is seen in its own place everything has its place in the totality of truth in rama's army everybody has their place even that little squirrel has its place nobody is like you know you don't have a place no everything so if we understand that that everything in this world has its own place its own right to exist its own way of life as long as and that's what is important it does not impose its way of life upon others that's important because then we will disturb the whole harmony hitler has its own place but if hitler says that the whole world should think like me a person in syria has his own place but if he says the whole world should be a caliphate no that's not acceptable because it disturb the collective harmony so even wars can become a part of building harmony if there is something which is a strong deterrent to the harmony of 
a place or or a you know collective living but that's not the real way the real way is when we broaden our mind understand that everything has its own place that's what is called as sanatan dharma if you really go to it i mean there is no one way or one approach to the divine it's all inclusive everybody have their right to their own approach including an agnostic a non believer it's all right a non believer is also struggling somewhere to know what is true he may have found this much that i am my truth <laughs> that's okay let him live with that truth sometimes you know you meet people so someone once uh, on a email exchange you know he must have heard somewhere that uh, doctor believes in god he gives talks and all he people think it is belief so what to do so he wrote a very angry email and said i don't believe in god and all so is it okay don't believe in god what is the problem i have no issue if, if you don't believe in god <laughs> so he is not happy because he wants to argue <laughs> so he start giving logic as a look be sure if you want to rationally argue i'll argue with you rationally that there is god but best is you live with your belief your non belief is a belief and it will lead you to some kind of conclusion in life where you will grow and evolve but the moment you try to convince me then you are imposing your thought process upon me i will resist it because maybe in the process your thought structure may break which i don't want you follow your way don't believe it's wonderful everything is fine <laughs> it is the divine who has veiled himself from your sight and wants you not to believe it's perfectly fine you follow that way to its insincerity don't do like the rationalist who will uh, rationalist by that i mean not uh, true rationalist but rationalist parties which will outwardly not believe in god but you know in their private time they will go to a temple and pray that may i win <laughs> this i am not talking of that hypocrisy and duplicity but if you don't believe be sincere to your non belief and you will find so then we understand that everybody has his own way of exploring life that's how and everybody has its place lack of belief may be a first stage towards a great discovery isn't it and that's how we have to understand the totality of things that everybody mother says that at one place there is a there is space in the mind where we can reach where we can synthesize all the different ideas that people give and we can find harmony there but that's a very very difficult way through the mind it has to really grow vast and each one's uh, truth of things otherwise vastness is confused with uh, putting every idea pellmell together let's take an example of vastness oh everything is one the snake and the snake charmer so what do you do if a snake charmer comes you are welcome sir because you are also god then he opens his pitara and lets a cobra out sir cobra you are also god after all shiva's companion next you hold him and say because you are god i am going to feed you milk holding you so cute what will happen next moment you are dropped dead that's it why this is happened you are following something nice simply because we don't understand the law of each thing give milk to the cobra but keep him at a distance that is its law he doesn't understand even when a cobra loves he will bite and his bite is fatal because he doesn't know it he doesn't understand your human feelings and all so if you try to do that 
make him a pet one day you will die and you one will say oh i believed god is everywhere in in everything so god is everywhere in everything but he is also unfolding himself in different ways this is the most difficult part of you know life and creation that while there is oneness in each things everything is based on the one there is also a different unfolding there are different stages of growth there are different ways of unfolding and we need to understand and respect that and if we do that then we will see that life grows beautiful but when we try to impose one form of thought one structure of belief and want everything to conform or ignorantly innocently believe that everybody is like me you know people often say oh i trusted him i got cheated isn't it why did you believe that everybody is uh, the same they will think the same way like you there are people of all kinds some people believe that you know there is nothing wrong if this man has more money if i pick pocket him i'll have he is believing like that there are people who justify their actions like that why do you believe that he is going to not cheat you it's a misplaced trust misplaced sympathy misplaced understanding so everything has its place and if we understand that its place and then life is beautiful you know in bombay you will always uh, must have seen those old movies all the dons it seems lived in bombay though it's my feeling that delhi is no worse i mean but it's a different kind all the mafia dons lived in bombay isn't it but generally life was not unsafe you know the reason everybody knew oh that area that area is underworld don't mess up there so they knew there there was a place for those creatures those guys it's a very crude example i mean if you go to america there are there is this place las vegas isn't it so if you want to go to a casino you can go there and uh, finish all your money or gain whatever you don't expect their uh, you know beauty and divinity and all that it's of a very crude kind otherwise it's there people go there who want to go there and you can go to some other beautiful space which you love you can go on big sur and have a drive on california or you go to a beautiful place woodstock where swami vivekananda meditated or go to one of these sheer window centers some of them are so beautiful relic center okay so this is where we must understand my own sadharma at the same time what each one is unfolding in their own way and that's where we must understand that we experience lot of pull and push from people and very often we lose our own sudharma let's give a simple example we you may want to come to pondicherry to attend a camp to be in the vicinity of the ashram but somebody else who is close to you wants to go somewhere else and have a good time some fun out there because you know it's summer heat what would you do listen to the friend's suggestion or follow your own deeper instinct if he is really a friend he will understand isn't it but if you say okay my friend is saying let me compromise so harmony never comes by compromise it's never never comes by compromise harmony true harmony is based on truth if we follow our own deeper instinct what will be the consequences maybe my friend may say oh he is a odd creature but after some time he will respect me for who i am and what i am and i'm telling you this is an example really uh, i've been with air force 21 years and um, 
in air force parties are very important you know parties are as important as any other it's a drill you were not supposed to be absent from a party i never used to like it so initially i would go stand little bit talk to my friends then after some time i stopped going so the commandant would ask me i said see i don't feel like so what can you do you give me a counseling but after some time they gave up but during my farewell the commandant said that you know though he never came for any party but we really appreciate and respect that he stood by what he believed in so after some time as i said people will learn to appreciate you they will know that you don't mean any harm to anyone so a lot of problems take place disharmony because when you compromise it is at the cost of something at the cost of sometimes our deeper self so what happens when two people have gone to a place where one wanted to go and the other didn't want to go what happens next huh yes there is quarrel you start finding faults even if there is none and then after sometimes see because of you i came oh i didn't tell you to come you wanted to come isn't it that's a common experience at different levels and then you'll say you are always like that and then there is fight simply follow your own deeper truth and harmony will come and that resides here so these are now the two doors one is in the heart the other is in the vastness of the mind and along with that understanding that each thing has its own truth and its own place keep it in its place it's wonderful nothing is to be discarded and i often give this example when we come to a to our house so where do we keep the shoes outside isn't it and if we have to take it inside we keep it on a shoe rack generally in most indian homes in a shoe rack supposing there is a big almira in which there is a place for shoes place for dress place for books where will you keep the shoes and where will you keep the books which shelf isn't it obvious will you keep the shoes on the top shelf and the books below it will jar it just doesn't go why it doesn't go it violates this law of harmony there is a place for the shoes keep it nicely clean there there is a place for the books and if you really look at it another way the perfect example of how to create harmony is within the human body this is the place for thought at the highest when human beings are not driven by thought but driven by instinct and impulses and passions where are they driven by the stomach what happens when the stomach becomes the leader this is what is called gas ka sir me chad jana that's when you start oh i have gas which has gone into my head hurt now why why this is happening this has its place here this fellow should not be here lot of unhappiness bitterness then what happens the mouth which should express speech starts becoming a um what shall i say a conduit for vomiting why because now all this is coming up here this is at the top seat of consciousness this thought which helps us to go up sight and hearing are only subordinate organs to feed to the thought not in itself they do not tell us what is true 
But what do we normally do? I saw it. What a false thing. I saw it, but I did not understand it. Because I never applied understanding. I heard it. I heard somebody talk about you like this. So what happens in the other person? Oh, is it? He is also hearing. Now it is already third party hearing. He passes on it with more mirch masala. Oh, X spoke about me like this. I will see. Let my time comes. What has happened? Eyes and ears have become boss. And the thought has become down below. Then you have the mouth. The instrument to take in and the instrument for expression. So before we eat, thought, eyes, hearing, all this should be in place. But we, our mouth is driven again by the belly. Okay. So again we have the problem because there is an imbalance. But what is the center? This is the height. Highest seat of consciousness is the brain and thought. And which is the center from where everything emerges? Seat of dynamism, it is here. Heart, will, love. So we must align ourselves to the will within us and the will within creation. If we are aligned with the will within creation, we are safe, world is safe and there will be harmony and beauty. If we are not aligned with it, Sooner or later there will be disintegration. If one part in the body takes precedence over others, what happens? Heard of a disease called cancer? <laughs> of course. What happens in cancer? One group of cells become so important to themselves. They start saying, we are the boss. We don't care. We will multiply and finish all other cells. So what happens in the end? They also die. They don't understand that their survival depends upon the body. Isn't it? So that's what happens. You must be hearing about all this coronavirus. So why do after a time all the virus, they come as an epidemic, then they finish off? You know why? Because they feed upon the body. Not realizing if you drop the body... You, the virus also dies. It, it has no other way unless it spreads. So this is the strange thing. So by by few months, human beings develop immunity. Bounce back and the virus vanishes. This is what happens. So when one part of the body becomes too prominent, there is disharmony. Whereas if all are working in their, doing their own place, their own function, everything is perfect. So what decides where is the central point from where all of them continue to perform? It's the will within. The seat is in the heart. So we must spend time to find out what is the will within me? What is the will within creation? Now we are fortunate, Sri Aurobindo has told us the will is for manifestation of the divine. We know it now mentally at least. But otherwise, if we don't align ourselves with the will, however mighty we may be, one day we will meet the same fate like Duryodhana, like Ravana, like Kansa, and many, like Hitler in our own times, like Stalin. They came and went away. Why? Because they were not aligned to the evolutionary impulsion, will in creation. They had their time, now their time is gone. 
So it's so important to understand the will within. Which means we go back to the ultimate thing. If we want to create harmony, the best way is to know the divine will. How to know the divine will? To be quiet within. Which means all haste, agitation, excitement, anger will create disharmony. Fear will create disharmony. Any kind of turbulence in the being will create disharmony. Because the divine will is being interfered. I will be misled into action. I must do this. I must do this. Why? Because there is a state of excitement and agitation. Where if I become quiet slowly, I will become aware of the will within me and act in accordance with that. Okay, There are several steps to knowing the divine will. One of them is getting rid of preferences, uh, you know, practicing equanimity, calling peace, establishing peace. Again, it's a whole subject in its own right, so I'm not going into it. But to align ourselves to the divine will within, divine will in creation and divine will in everyone, then we will help this world become a beautiful place. So it's not that my wife or husband or child should do my will, but they should live their life according to the divine will expressing in them. It will be different for each one. I may be a staunch, uh, I don't know what this word staunch means, but I may have implicit faith, complete faith in Mother and Sri But it's quite likely that my wife may be an agnostic. Perfectly fine. My son may believe something else. In reason, it's perfectly fine. Because that is the stage at which they are going through. And if you understand just this simple thing, there will be no more quarrels. Quarrels is something which is completely and, uh, you know, just the opposite of what the divine wants in this world. So to come out of the ego, preferences, desires which trouble us, and to quieten and align with the divine will is the way to a lasting harmony. Let me end this with, um, you know, that message of the mother, when two people, man and a woman, live together. So what did she say? She said, to be united in thoughts, sensations, feelings, all that is good, but it is not enough. That will make a life happy. But that's not enough. She says at the center and at the apex of the world, there is a fire. It is the divine will in us. So we should align our life to that, husband and wife both, to walk to the same life with keeping that fire in the center. If you go in the center, gone. We try to always be in the center. Everybody should obey my will. But if we align our lives around this center, to walk to the same goal, on the same path, together, hand in hand, that is the secret of a lasting union. Otherwise, after some time, by the law of evolution, they will be each one walking in their own way. And nothing wrong with that. We should not worry about it. But it will be a very harmonious transition and not today as we experience when two people don't get along together they end up fighting going to court nothing it's an evolution and each one has to follow their own track and still there should be love and beauty and harmony and friendship that's the direction in which world is moving and I think we should also take lead and not only move in that direction but be the pioneers of the future I think I'll stop here. We have about 25 minutes. If there are some questions, I'll be very happy.
Yes, please. आइडियोलॉजिकल वार्स people talk about religious wars they don't know that ideological wars can be much worse there are people who don't believe in any god but have fought the worst wars and killed many people so what is important is that we must obviously it's very obvious that we will have certain uh, alignments it's perfectly fine that you know we'll have certain alignments but at the same time we have to understand that different people are aligned differently and we have to allow that space that's what ultimately at the end democracy whatever we call it now here now the problem comes in a larger unit what is the dharma of a nation here shobindo speaks about a national dharma now i am taking this into a larger political arena now democracy also because democracy is an instrument it's a mechanism and there should be right to dissent there should be right of different view points but even those things should be aligned ultimately to the dharma of a nation now if you look at india i am talking about indian context it will apply to every nation now what is the indian nation's basic uh, dharma it is based on the sanatan dharma and its principles as you said there are some core principles as long as these core things are not violated there is no issue should not be any issue but if these core principles are violated then we are Uh, uh, you know striking at the very fount or soul of a whole human collectivity and that's when we have to stop you know that's what mahabharata war is about so while war battle they are not good things quarrel you know this this quarrel is very low level but war battle fights are not good thing but if something is striking at the very roots of a civilizational uh, approach towards the truth that's when one has to come together now i am i have changed the scope much more then obviously likes and dislikes should not be there it should never be based on there are people who are uh, let us say who oppose a way of thought but they are sincere and they you can see that there is some truth in their own they are carrying their own conviction they are not opposing for the sake of opposing they believe in what they are doing and we have to learn to discern it's like going beyond party let uh, let's give an example somebody may oppose my way of understanding life yet we are united in the common interest of the country i am talking of the national interest then that is something good we have to keep that good because that's the higher synthesis you may not believe in what i believe in but you keep that common interest minimum 
country has to survive, a nation has to survive. If you strike at its roots, if somebody says, I don't believe in your ideology and let the nation go to dogs, then that is dangerous because you have to now stop it. Now, I understand it's a very subtle distinction, but that has to be made. So, harmony does not mean, now likes, dislikes, obviously we have to get rid of it because we have a separative ego-bound consciousness and we are, you know, driven by that and it must go away. But what when we live by the soul truth and the higher ranges? Even then, sometimes you have to fight to allow the way of harmony in the world at large. So that's why we see that when Rama fights, why does he fight? He didn't fight only for his own Sita. Because the law of the Rakshasa must be toppled over, the law of the Asura must be toppled over for the law of humanity to come on. He was in illumined mind. Why did Krishna fight? All the laws, they were all good people, mind you. Even Duryodhana had his own justification. After all, I am the son of the king. And it's true that by the fact that I am son of the king, I hold right to the throne. Yudhishthir may be elder to me by birth, but Pandu is no more there. So he had his own logic. And there were people who bought that logic. That was not the issue. That was not the only issue. If Duryodhana was a very beautiful king, kind king, Sri Krishna would have told you this, it's wonderful. But that's not the issue. The issue was the life of Adharma. It was threatening. His kind was threatening the whole life of a nation where a woman is, and its extreme thing is symbolized that, you know, a woman is dragged to the uh, Sabhash, and who, which woman? She's the um, Samragi, and she's disrobed. Now imagine if that can happen to a, a woman of that stature. What would be the life of a common woman? Therefore, a time comes when war becomes a necessity. It's not about ideology. It's about dharma, which is very different. So, this is how we have to understand that while each, at the same time, each will have his leanings. Because that's your path of evolution. It's perfectly fine. It's not based on, like. it should not be based on likes and dislikes. But should be based on something more intrinsic. I may be more inclined in a country where there is, let's say, um, dharma takes an outer expression. I may be more inclined like that. Somebody else may be more inclined where there are no idols. <laughs> Somebody else is more inclined where there is, you know, uh, different uh, church and mosque and gurudwara all in the same place. These are different kinds of and it's perfectly fine. We should not have preferences of that kind. But I may be more inclined in a certain kind, it's perfectly valid. But when I see that neither me nor anyone else, they try to threaten the life of the entire, uh, you know, that's when it is dangerous. People who didn't understand it are now reeling under its pressure. India al- always knew this because of the Sanatana Dharma background. We knew when to say no. So, but you see what happened in Japan. Classic example. Japan lost its own truth at some point. Now it has become another westernized nation. Now, nothing wrong in being westernized. It's perfectly fine in a certain geographical unit. It's so beautiful. But if Japan becomes westernized, it'll be harmful. If the West becomes India, it'll be harmful. It must follow its own swadharma and discover truth in its own way. You see how France tried to discover truth. It's wonderful. So, each one must understand, every nation, that it has its own truth. And within that that core value, as, as you said, the core value is what? It's in the soul of a nation, just as I am my core value. And for that we must 
defend because that's secret that's important that cannot be violated by anybody and that's what i meant that we must follow it and if somebody stops us on the way just keep moving further don't stop because somebody is pulling dragging but supposing somebody tries to actually threaten and harm you will stop him it is the dharma of that person to stop you know shri ramakrishna all of them buddha spoke about a war which is done in just self defense and shri ramakrishna gave a very interesting example uh, you know there was a snake who was every children were scared and he told the children that you know uh, he told the snake why are you every time you see a child you are striking and some of the children die and they can't play it's a field so the snake says okay what should i do don't do this so snake said okay so after some time when he came the same sadhu this shri ram krishna story he saw the snake is bleeding and helpless uh, dying of hunger he said what happened to you he said i followed what you said now everybody is pelting stones because i become an object of fun for them so he said i told you not to buy did i say don't hiss i told you not to buy it but i told you to hiss so survival is part of the dharma if you don't survive if an approach of life doesn't survive it's dangerous so everybody has right to defend but there is a difference between defending my own way or approach and in aggressing and destroying another way of approach that we must understand with respect to harmony should we uh, direct our actions towards long term perspective or short term perspective sometimes no we don't have to decide yes i will make it little more clear about long term and short term perspective that's interesting supposing i have my goal that i want to realize the divine but in my house everybody is against it i'm giving a practical example should i have a short term perspective that i should try to you know maintain a balance and harmony or should i leave everybody and go Exactly. right exactly i got that question <laughs> so first of all it will depend upon whether i am a buddha or a rama if the urge in me is of a buddha and a vivekananda i must go that is the way i will create harmony in much later if the urge is so strong it will have consequences doesn't matter when we follow the that path but if the urge is of a different kind then we have to slowly move towards our path and the rest will fall away for most people this second one is a safer option so i must keep following like meera like vibhishna but a time will come when automatically all that is but we don't have to contradict fight or listen to everybody no certainly not then i am not following my deeper urge let's say i want to meditate for 2 hours it's my urge not as an escape that i want to close my eyes so that my mother in law can't call me not but genuinely i want to visit pondicherry my parents don't understand my in laws don't understand now this urge is sacred this must be followed one has to insist on that firmly but without any quarrel without any anger without any hatred after some time you will see that slowly things will begin to change how did they change for mira 
initially they said no we don't understand krishna we worship durga we offer meat we offer wine and uh, you are following krishna is too sweet for the kshatriyas though krishna is also chakradhari but somehow you know those days vaishnava so but meera kept on so finally what did he say okay you are a uh, queen you don't go out but you worship in the temple now meera started spending more and more time in the temple that became a problem so they found a way that okay we'll uh, try to get her killed we'll say our bahu died and you know that was the way people tried to stop dissent but a time came when she was outcast from the home meera could have taken an attitude i worshiped you krishna what have you done to me but meera said thank you krishna what i couldn't do myself you did it for me okay so keep increasing the fire of aspiration while the world outside goes its own way people will call names people will say things they will say she is bad they will say she is the problem creator they will say what kind of horrible bahu or wife or whatever she is but when you follow your own way then slowly the circumstances will change and by abruptly changing the circumstances when we try to do it we must be sure whether we are a vivekananda or a buddha it will create problems because when we suddenly cut we don't know whether it's only because of my urge for truth seeking or because i am unhappy in my life then it will create repercussions and even when we go somewhere we will see the same problems pursuing us so allow evolution in its natural course but intensifying it from within not outside then you will find that all the things that are coming in the way will slowly go away and everybody who has walked the path can testify to this they will drop off keep intensifying it inside regardless of what people call or say yes please yes sir i am I'm a doctor like a retired surgeon. Yes. What we face is different from here. Suppose we diagnose cancer. So we tell the patient immediately the option. Some patients accept it for cancer. The friend do what they want to do. Some who are very angry have been diagnosed earlier. Don't let them go. Some people who like to see the social events. They say money not have in the family. I have seen quite a few people accept it completely peacefully. Some patients, what I'm going to ask you is, you're a very, very, very experienced man. What do you find when a patient doesn't accept the way you speak or the way you treat them, the way you address the patient? All right. so it's about when i am just broadening the scope of a terminally ill person but though cancer is not exactly terminally ill it could be treated it may not be but let's speak of a situation where one is confronted with the enigma of a possible death as a very very uh, large possibility in front staring in front and he is not accepting and he is angry at the whole thing and feeling frustrated or you know uh, all kinds of things are happening now invariably as i said one of the things that releases all this is vastness so in india fortunately we have a vast framework actually everywhere but in different ways so in india we have this background of the um, you know many births we move on a very large scale <laughs> journey is not going on in one life this is one part 
second is where people don't believe in rebirth they believe that there is something vaster and greater so there is something vaster and greater call it god allah doesn't matter so you know you understand that this life is depending on the stage of evolution as i said is a transient life there is a greater eternal life out there i'm not saying which one is the better or truer or higher but right now depending on the patient's belief systems at the same time supposing the patient is confronted with a insolvable riddle doesn't believe in anything so there i would say that see it may be few days few months few years who knows few weeks few years now you have got to make a choice you can live with unhappiness or you can live with peace and joy and those who are destined can make use of weeks and months to hasten the progress they wanted to make so i often ask people what is it that you wanted to do which you didn't do in your life maybe learn music i i'm giving you a real life example learn music now what happens it's not just about mind diverting it's about releasing the joy in your being most of us you see i mean if we go deeper into the roots of these illnesses we have not lived our own life they steep within something like a death wish but when it happens we are torn up because there is a life instinct in everyone live the life that you have wanted to live that's when you know this thing that they want to attend social events doesn't matter but something which gives you deep joy and you feel you have not done people who believe in rebirth i tell them imagine what kind of life you want for the future think about what you would want to do where you would like to be as a child it's fascinating i have seen people change somebody who believes in god and has given his life to yoga so i tell them and that's something real i have seen several times in the ashram context look here we don't know we can't give prognosis like that days but certainly we must understand one thing that the body is not everything now you have a choice to make if you wish these few days weeks moments months we don't know you can intensify your progress so that you may cross 10 lifetimes in those span of few days because death is a moment of intense crisis it's by itself a moment of concentration where we face the most uh, day, you know existential crisis before us because most of us are identify with the body and when the body is going to pieces like everything is over and i have actually seen people end up in a stage where they are constantly calling on the divine and they pass away in a state of inner beatitude regardless of what's happening to the body so depending upon the person his uh, temperament his predilection his own uh, tendencies i would say that but one thing is important to turn the mind away from the illness by whatever means if you can't do any of this watch a movie <laughs> at least <laughs> don't brood over cancer it's not going to help there are many other mechanisms that people use but that will be a vast area but this is just the minimum so anything else otherwise we can maybe stop or one last question maybe we can take yes okay second last driven by privileges and baggages yes so uh, because it's, it comes together 
these situations, should I actually get rid of the privilege so that uh, my baggage goes off? Absolutely. If you hold to the privilege, the baggage is tied. But it's very difficult. It means, as I said, no more preferences. It means clarity about my goal. Absolutely true. That's why in today's times you will see nature has created, evolution has created in such a way that every woman now is independent or moving in that direction. So I keep telling every woman, be financially independent. It's important. If you are dependent upon your husband or in-laws or whatever, this specially applies to women. I mean, uh, you can't be free. You will be tied to bonds. But if you are economically, uh, financially viable, then your relationship is not based on any of these things. That's why love is higher than just a custom. Because love is not dependent on your looks and this and voice and your degrees, but on something more intrinsic. It may be, uh, um, you know, a mistake of love. Doesn't matter. It's better to love and, you know, uh, be misled and fail than to have never loved at all. So the idea is that discover the deeper truth. If it means, if it means, it may not always mean. There are, I know of uh, husbands who did not uh, take away any privileges when they really observed that their wife has a, I'm talking of really husband wife because that's where it applies most. Or with children, they uh, they respect because there is also a respect for authenticity in human nature. If she really wants it, then they start supporting that journey. I know that. Or situations are created that people change. So you have the privilege without the baggage. <laughs> but there are no more privileges. But a necessity, uh, I mean what we call as privileges are like, you know, your material life is a little comfortable. You don't have to struggle for that. So... And if you follow your deeper truth, material situations will also be taken care of. You know, this saying of the Gita, Yoga Kshem Bahamayam, I'm telling you it's so true. I've seen in many people's lives. But the first step is a leap of faith. Nobody will assure you, God will not write. He has already told in the Gita. Shurabindra has also said that. But nobody will write on a stamp paper, okay, you leave and now tomorrow onwards you will get this pay package. No. But what you need for your bodily needs will come to you. That's why the mother created the ashram. That you don't have to struggle for your physical existence about food, space. You know, because she saw that women especially are tied to hundred bonds. So, yes, privileges come together with the, it's a mixed deal. Yeah, yeah, maybe the... Yeah. For me, the Yes, it's of course a very, very long subject, but I'll give you in nutshell. First of all, as you have said, partly you have answered it by saying each one has his own law of evolution and we have to figure out. As you said, whether we are a Vivekananda 
a Buddha or we are Rama and Shri Krishna. You know, some carry the world together. It's their way. We cannot imitate. It should not be somebody else's way. It should be the way from within. Uh, something similar first step is to understand that our children must evolve in their own ways they are not meant to be copies because evolution is an accelerated mode when children are replicas of parent that means they are being cloned and you know carbon copies are never a good thing because they become so because of the accelerated evolution the children are bound to be different and now how do we by simply remembering that our love is not centered around the child or somebody else doing what I want the child to do. He has to find his own way, yet love is there. All the love is there. This love is a great power. I have seen parents who suddenly, because it never was that kind of love, they start withdrawing it and it's dangerous and harmful. What if the child follows in his own way that I'll drink and enjoy partying? That's when you have to hold the hand out of love. There are instances where you have to take the help of a rehab home out of love. So this love is not something which is a weak, sentimental love. Oh, my child, whatever. It's not that. There is freedom to grow. But if this freedom is harming you, again the same principle as we said in differences and dissent. If it is harming his very soul, it's, as long as he has differences of thinking, ideas, belief, it's perfectly fine. But if he is doing something which is harmful to his own soul, you have to stop it. Because that's... Yes, as a mother, as a father. Exactly, as a sudharma of that. But the line you have to know, there will be very few moments and things. That's when you have to step in and say, this freedom is not acceptable. It doesn't mean he should not go and drink. But if he is taking to a life of alcoholism and going to ruin his life, yes, by all means... You have to stop because it's going. So that's where we have to do a subtle surgery. We are like a, the difference between we are surgeons, as uh, Sarah has rightly said, not butchers who cut away the body part forcefully. You have to remove the part which is diseased, but keep the health intact. So that's the challenge. This is in nutshell. Otherwise, a long subject. Okay, so thank you so much. And it's been wonderful. Uh, let's all live in harmony and grow towards higher and harma, higher harmony. Not the harmony of acceptance, mere tolerance and, you know, compromises. That's not harmony, but the harmony that is one with truth. <laughs>